Welcome to Young PR Pros on the FIR Podcast Network. Young PR Pros is the podcast for the young and young at heart working in the world of public relations and communications. Here are your hosts, Christine Darbell and Julia Kent. Hey, podcast listeners. You are about to listen to episode 103. In this episode, we talk about the importance of doing real-life projects while you are in school. We feature an interview with Renee Filiatro, professor at Algonquin College's Public Relations Program, and Marley Lewington, her student and program coordinator for this year's student-run PR campaign. Algonquin College takes the students out of the class and encourages them to build relationships with organizations in their local community. Now, after almost three years, host Christine and Julia have finally welcomed a new co-host. Welcome, Ross Simmons. You have heard his voice a few times before in interviews and as a guest host for the past few episodes. Young PR Pros is very excited to welcome Ross and can't wait to hear what he has to say on future shows. And now, on with the show. Welcome to Young PR Pros, a weekly podcast for the young and young at heart PR pros looking for tips and advice on how to build and advance their careers. I am Christine Darbell in Ottawa, Canada. And I'm Julia Kent, also in Ottawa. And I'm Ross Simmons in Halifax, Nova Scotia. So I'm sure our listeners noticed that the intro is a little bit different. There's a third person who's actually introducing themselves and telling them uh, where they're from. Um, You've probably heard Ross's voice a couple times on um, some of our past episodes. I think this is your third episode with us as a guest host. Am I right, Ross? I think so. Yeah, this would be number three. Yeah. So Ross has kindly agreed to be our third co-host. So he's officially no longer a guest host. He now gets to introduce himself at the beginning. So we're very, very excited to have him on permanently for the next while. So welcome back, Ross. And thanks for joining the team. Thanks for welcoming me to the team. I'm looking forward to uh, the next steps moving forward and creating some great shows with you guys. Um, So today, uh, we thought we would talk about the importance of doing real life projects while you're in school. So I don't know about uh, you guys, but when I went to school, um, I went to Algonquin College uh, to do my program for PR and communications. And uh, real life projects were actually a prerequisite for graduating. Um, in my, I think it was in the end of my first year or beginning of my second year, I can't remember. Um, I actually had to be, our entire class ran a PR campaign to raise funds for a local charity. Um, So not only were we actually uh, doing a PR campaign and getting real hands-on experience, we were actually getting evaluated as well from our teachers. So um, I'm just curious before, you know, we we share um, or I share my experience about, you know, what about you guys? What did, what was your prerequisite? Did you guys have to do real life projects while you were in school? Um, in at the in Carleton's uh, School of Journalism, there's no like required co-op program or anything like that. Primarily because the journalism courses that you take are really real life. They're they're public facing media outlets that you produce for. So I guess the entire program is is real life hands on experience. However, they have an optional um, what they call apprenticeship program, where they have partnerships with various um, organizations and companies uh, and media outlets uh, across Canada. 
and you can apply for those and, and you receive interviews for those. Um, they're unpaid and, uh, you know, shorter term, two weeks. Um, some of them were uh, up to six weeks, uh, but those are optional. So it kind of, you could go above and beyond and do those as well, which the keener that I am, I obviously did. I did four of them, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> which was the max. Um, but uh, yeah, th- there's nothing that's, um, you know, not like co-op, like like a lot of degrees have. Yeah, so for me, it was a different experience because there wasn't really a mandatory um, kind of hands-on experience. You could always do like an internship with the university itself at St. Mary's. Um, and there was options where you could do co-op as well. Um, but I didn't really take that road. I was more of a, let's just do the schoolwork and then in the after hours kind of just get involved with extracurricular activities. Um, and that was really my side projects. It was the case competitions, um, things like that when it was directly related to university. But outside of that, I kind of started to run my own little side projects that weren't necessarily a part of school um, and were more just for a way for me to kind of earn a little bit of extra money in my pocket and chase some personal passions and things like that. But um, those were my projects. It was really just like creating blogs, writing blog posts on fantasy football, um, running websites and a bunch of different online ideas, but they were never really associated with um, the university itself. I think it's actually kind of neat hearing all three of our backgrounds and what we did while we were in school, because it kind of shows that um, whether or not your uh, program puts you through real life projects, um, whether they force it or not, uh, there's always opportunities to get those real life projects. Um, And just out of curiosity, I'd like to hear from you guys again, uh, how much did these real life projects um, help you, uh, you know, uh, prepare yourself for your career? I think for me, the, yeah, like the side projects on my end, I'd say really kind of kickstarted the entire, um, my entire journey because it was really through those side projects that I had where I started to chase this whole passion for the whole online world and what technology could do. Um, and at the moment and in the time, I didn't really realize that it was associated with marketing. I was really just writing about fantasy football because that was something I was interested in. Um, and I was really creating content. And today, um, as a marketer, I'm a content marketer. So it kind of put me into a space where at the moment I didn't really know where it would go, but it took me to where I am today. So, um, from my perspective, the side projects really helped me understand what exactly I wanted to do, but also build up my skill set that I wouldn't have been able to develop by just doing the regular classes. So it allowed me to kind of uh, gain insight and gain experience in industries and in topics um, that I wouldn't have been able to learn while in university because the teachers just weren't teaching it. Um, No one was talking about Facebook. Nobody was talking about Twitter in university. And if they were, it was at a very 101 level. But through this side project, I was able to gain so much information and insight that it really differentiated me from my other classmates. Yeah, that that's a good point. I, I also think that it, it kickstarted kickstarted my career. Um, I had I had very different experiences with the four um, apprenticeships that I did. One was at a uh, magazine. Um, and then the two others were, uh, the three others with radio and television, um, like hard news reporting gigs. Um, and the great thing about those is that they don't treat you as though you're, or at least they didn't me, they didn't treat me as though I was an intern. They treated me like I was a regular staff member. So I actually got, um, to experience hands-on exactly what it was like to work in those places. And the incredible part for me was that I was actually hired um, as a freelancer and contractor afterwards at, at one of the radio stations and TV stations. So um, 
for me, I mean, they were invaluable. I, I could credit them entirely for, for the foot through the door as soon as I graduated. So when you were doing that, were you in school full-time as well as working? So most of the time, the apprenticeships were, um, you know, over Christmas break or once um, classes were done in April and two of them actually went through exam period. Oh, wow. So, yeah, they didn't... Um, the good thing about being a journal in journalism school is that exams are not... You don't really have exams in journalism school, but... And if you do, they're... Um, yeah, they're not, they're not like, you know, an, a bachelor of arts kind of, or a bachelor of science exams, but, um, yeah, they, yeah, not while I was in like studying full time, that would have been impossible. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Well, for me, um, with my experience, uh, the PR campaign that I worked for uh, was actually, like I had mentioned earlier, a prerequisite. Um, and it's something that um, all classes, uh, if you take the Algonquin College PR program, uh, that's a mandatory aspect of uh, the program. And you have to do it um, and you have to pass it. Uh, and obviously, your teachers uh, evaluate you as you go through real life um, uh, you know, experiences. Uh, so, for example... When we announced the PR campaign, we actually had to host uh, our own uh, news um, uh, news conference, and we had to invite the journalism students at the Algonquin College uh, School of Journalism. Um, so we had to write our own press release, and then we had to organize the news conference, invite the journalists. Like we actually had to do everything as if we were doing it in real life, um, and uh, we we were separated kind of into little groups, and you decided uh, what group you wanted to be a part of and that kind of helped you build experience in the field that you were interested in so for example there was media relations and you know they did the news conference uh, they actually reached out to local media and pitched our story to talk about what we were doing for um, a local um Charity. Then there were the event planning group uh, where they were, uh, you know, working with uh, local, uh, you know, venues and planning the events and publicizing the events. Then we had, uh, you know, a bunch of different groups uh, where you got different kinds of experiences from the range of, you know, the umbrella under the entire umbrella of PR and communication. So I thought it was uh, it's it's such a great experience, and whether or not um, that is forced upon you in your program um, if you have the opportunity to work with a local charity um, I think it's it's fun you you feel like you're giving back to um, your community but you're also getting that real hands-on experience so I mean I I, I loved it and, and it was an awesome opportunity uh, to, to get uh, real hands-on experience and I mean, for, for me, it was it was forced. I didn't have a choice to do it, but um, I, I think if 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 you're if you're not forced to do it in your program, um, I think I, I would encourage anyone to find a way uh, to 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 do it while they're in school. And the, you know, it is a bummer, but it's also a blessing. There's so many organizations that don't have the budget to pay. Um, interns or part-time employees, but they exactly. will gladly take you on, um, you know, a few days a week unpaid. And that experience is great. And, and I, this, that's a unique opportunity to go above and beyond for that, for that an organization or employer. And, um, and, you know, I would say more often than not, they end up getting hired in a paid position at the end of it. Um, at least that's been my experience. Like, Christine, you had that um, experience as well as I did. So, yeah, I think that I think that more often than not, if you go above and beyond, and, and that's your opportunity, right? So an unpaid gig like that is really 
um, you know, a longer job interview. Yeah, definitely. I, I thought it'd be kind of interesting to also um, talk about some like advice that we have uh, for students that are currently in a program. So, uh, so for someone who's currently in a program where the real life projects are mandatory, my advice for them is to really you know, treat that opportunity, not just as an assignment, but to really grab the reins and fully get everything they can out of that project. So uh, if they have an opportunity to lead a part of their campaign or to lead a part of that project, to, to get on it and to, uh, to, to, to get that experience, because that's real life experience that you can put on your resume. And I know we've talked about it on previous podcast episodes before. Uh, when you graduate, I mean, your school is, it's nice to have at the bottom of your resume where it says you graduated and you have this paper. Okay, that's fine. But what needs to be at the top of your resume is those real life experiences. So if, if it is mandatory, don't just treat it as another project and another assignment that you need to pass. Um, you know, really dive into it and get as much as you can out of it and try, you know, if in my case, there was several different groups. Um, if you can get different experiences, and be part of different groups, do it and, and get as much hands-on experience as possible. Um, now, I'm curious from you, know, you Julia and uh, Ross, what about if the program isn't mandatory? What kind of advice do you have for young professionals? Well, you know, as in journalism school, you're constantly reaching out to sources. So you're, you're, you're networking, even if you're, un, you're not intentionally networking, right? So you're constantly interviewing people and meeting people from all different sorts of areas. And, and one of the themes of stories that I wrote throughout my degree was on autism. And I made a lot of connections in the autism world. And for me, um, had I not had the opportunity or, or mandatory uh, uh, placements uh, to do, I probably would have ended up approaching these autism organizations and volunteering my communications um, or marketing uh, or writing services to them. Um, so think about the connections that you have. Think about the people that you've met along, uh, you know, your, your, your degree, your journey, um, to becoming a professional and reach out to them and say, you know, is any, would anybody be willing to, um, you know, take me on for a few weeks, uh, to, to, you know, help out, um, that, that would be a really good first step. I think, um, you know, also, you, you know, check online. There's some great websites that we've talked about before that would, would post things like that. And, you know, if you're lucky, you will get something paid. Um, but, you know, don't be discouraged if it's not paid. A lot of young professionals are in the similar position. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, I think at the end of the day, m my recommendation would be to not spend as much time worrying about the dollars coming in from this experience and spend more time worrying about the experiences that you're going to, um, the experience that you're going to have when you take on this work, whether it's um, something with a nonprofit or whether it's something with a for-profit organization, spend some time ensuring that when you go through the search of figuring out where you want to work, that you're going after opportunities that are aligned with where you potentially could see yourself going in the future. So if you're somebody who has always been interested in media and journalism, then start to spend some time digging into um, those networks of people who are experienced in that space and try to figure out if you can land a, a couple weeks um, job shadowing somebody or just going in and visiting their office for um, a couple hours a week, whatever that may be. Use those as opportunities to get to know the corporate culture. And then when you do graduate, you one, have a connection into those organizations, but two, you have an understanding of whether or not 
it's the right fit for you. Um, I know a lot of people when I was working in the ad agency world who, while they were in university, would do unpaid internships. They would come in a few hours a week and they'd get a taste of what agency life was all about. And a lot of them loved it. A lot of them thrived. And a lot of them said, this is where I want to be afterwards. And they were hired. But a lot of them came in and they were like, this is too intense for me. I don't want to work in this type of environment. I want to work um, somewhere else. And they took that opportunity to kind of get a better idea of whether or not that was something that they wanted to do. So I would definitely recommend um, that you spend more time focusing on what it is you're going to be doing, what you're going to learn, and what opportunities exist, and less time spending uh, trying to figure out how much money you're going to make. Ross, you had mentioned job shadowing, yes. and I thought that's you know I think that's a really um, important um, uh, important thing to do when you're in school. Uh, so for our listeners who've never heard of job shadowing, did you want to quickly explain what it is? Yeah, definitely. So what job shadowing is? It's essentially the opportunity in which um, somebody who's junior, somebody who's young. In school or um, just starting out their career, they approach a company or an organization um, and then they find somebody within that organization who they can work closely with just for a couple hours a week and they can learn about their job. Um, and the concept of job shadowing comes from the idea of them being their shadow. So everything they do, they're a part of. If they're doing a presentation, they watch them go through the process of creating that presentation. They watch them actually deliver it. They go through the steps of kind of seeing what that job entails. So it's a great opportunity to get an idea of, okay, what does a journalist do? What does a PR consultant do? What does an account manager do? What does a graphic designer do? And really get a better idea of what this job entails because it's not always what you see on Mad Men or what you see on all these different TV shows. It's a little <laughs> bit different. Um, so it gives you a better idea of what the actual job looks like. Speaking of Mad Men, I have finally started watching it, everyone. I've had a thousand and one people tell me to watch it. And now that I'm finally at home and on maternity leave, I have somewhat of the time to be able to watch uh, TV shows. So I'm finally watching it and it's very interesting. And yes, the world is not like Mad Men. Now that I'm watching it, yeah. it was it was one day. <laughs> it's not like that not anymore. anymore. No, that's true. <laughs> Um, another another um, option, if for some reason you can't get the opportunity to do job shadowing, because I know that requires a lot of commitment from a, an individual in an organization, uh, you could do um, what we called information interviews. Uh, and we used to do it um, when I was in college. You would reach out to the head of an organization, uh, whether it was a CEO or a director of communications or even anyone in the organization, and you would sit down, you would buy them coffee, you would sit down with them for an hour, and then you would just, um, I know there are some people who hate this word, but you'd pick their brain um, and ask them questions about, you know, what do they do on an average day uh, and, and, and just kind of learn from them in that one hour. So, um, I, you know, for, for professionals who might, if you can't for some reason find someone who can do the job shadowing for you uh, informational in interviews um, are really really great to have and um, like Julie has mentioned it's you're creating new partnerships you're creating uh, a new network um, and sorry you're creating a new um, connection and building a network so that's another option as well um, so any, any last comments before my only other suggestion would be if you can't find a company that wants to take you on, if you can't find an individual that wants to bring you in to job shadow them, um, spend some time just creating something yourself, like just create your own side project, whatever it may be. If you've always wanted to learn more about Instagram, just start up an Instagram account and start trying to turn it into a business. Um, start a blog about cooking. If you're interested in cooking, um, whatever that may be, it's always better when you go into of resumes to have some type of experience and every um 
person who's doing the hiring looks at that experience higher than they would um, you're just having another degree. So if you come into an interview and you say that you started something, um, that looks better than just saying I went to school and I graduated and that was it. People want to see that you took that initiative. So if you can come in and you say, I started a blog, I started a website, I started something, whatever it may be. It could even be a um, little table set up at the farmer's market. Just start something on the side. I think that those little projects can really help you differentiate yourself and they're a great way to kind of get your foot in the door. And I know professors around the world are going to hate me for saying this, but your marks don't matter after graduation. True. You know, um, no. no one's going to ask you for your marks. So, uh, you know, obviously try as hard I as you have, can. I have like an MBA from Harvard. <laughs> they me. No one, no one asks. Like and, uh, <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, obviously try to do as best as you can in school. Don't slack off because you do learn a lot in school, but you know, if you have to sacrifice one or two percentage points so that you can get some hands hands on hands on experience then I, I would I would do that 100% agree. Um, so before before we close off, um, as promised, I wanted to share with you where we got the um, inspiration for the show. Um, in the spring, I sat down with some friends from my alma mater, Algonquin College, to talk about Algonquin College's yearly student PR campaign. So that's, that's what I did while I was in school to get some hands-on experience. And the campaign not only helps students gain valuable experience in the world of PR and communication, but it also supports a local charity and a cause. Um, so here's my interview with Algonquin College Professor Renee Filiatro and her student and the PR campaign director, Marley Lewington. My first question is for you, Renee. How long has the Algonquin College um, program been running this sort of campaign for, or this campaign program for students? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, for it sounds remarkable, but 25 years we've had this campaign where we go right into the community to, to, uh, to raise money for a charity. So 25 years, almost 30 years at this point. That's awesome. Uh, that's a lot of campaigns, a lot of money raised for, yes. for the local community. Uh, and how, how does this really help the students prepare for real world? Well, I don't think you can beat um, real life. And, and that's, that's what we're offering. We're offering an opportunity to actually do these things in real time uh, and raise money, actually plan events, actually try and advocate for an organization um, and, uh, and find out the most effective ways to do that. And, and key to all of that is the collaboration that they have to undertake to do that, both with partners in the community as well as amongst themselves. Um, and they walk away uh, to your question with a tremendous network that I don't think if we did this as a theoretical exercise that they would ever have the opportunity to. So Marley, how about you give us a, a brief synopsis of what this project is about? So what's the campaign about? So Let's Unlock Change is about helping raise awareness for the John Howard Society and really helping the community understand the role that John Howard has in the community as well, offering second chances for people. So helping to reintegrate people back into the community and really bringing people together so it's a nice, safe community environment. And that's something that as a program we're really looking forward to help embracing and really um, creating that community. So I know this is just the kickoff, mm -hmm. but what if you learn so far that you think you're going to be able to take with you when you graduate? 
Oh, there's so many things. Aside from just what we've learned in class with Renee and other professors, we've learned graphic design, media relations, we've learned leadership skills, teamwork skills, a lot of reputation management, and really working on our professionalism as well. And that's something that really transcends um, from going from the school to, to the professional setting as well. And that's probably one of the biggest takeaways is to really being able to work as a team, working collaboratively in a really positive way, which is a huge takeaway. Renee, what do you what do you expect from the students at the end of this campaign? More than anything, uh, I've seen the, the campaign happen in the past, and and initially, what you expect is for them to, to get the technicalities right and to get the um, event planning, and it, it seems almost tactical. Uh, but as we go through the campaign, almost every time. Uh, things like what your target is, which is important to be mindful of as far as raising funds, turn into a real commitment to the cause. And and what I expect this class, and, and it's not going to be uh, difficult because we're already seeing it, is a real commitment to the point of it all, which is to advocate for an organization that they believe in and to really fully uh, buy into the cause. And, and boy, we've seen the passion already. So it is just the kickoff, but, but they're already... Um, hitting it out of the park as, as far as I'm concerned. And we'll leave the, the last question for you, Marley. So what do you expect to get out of this experience? Oh my gosh, that's... There lots, really. I Mostly... Um, a lot of it is being able to work as a team, I think, is probably one of the biggest things. Um, being able to lend a voice to, obviously, the John Howard Society and really helping to facilitate that uh, in the community is something huge that I personally really want to be able to take away from this experience. Being able to work for, for a cause, for a great organization is something that's been a big takeaway, but definitely the teamwork and the professionalism has been one of the biggest takeaways for us. Great. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me. Thank you. Our pleasure. Thanks. Thanks again to Renee and Marley for taking the time to sit down with me. You can catch the full interview on video on our website at youngprpros.ca. Well, that's our show. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We would love to hear from you. Please share your experience uh, with your real-life projects. So what did you do while you were in school? Or if you're currently in school, what are you trying to do right now to get some real hands-on experience? We'd love to hear from you. You can leave a comment on our blog at youngprpros.ca or on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash youngprpros or chat with us on Twitter at youngprpros, at Christine Darbell, at Kent Julia, and at The Cool is Cool. Thanks, and we'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to Young PR Pros on the FIR Podcast Network, brought to you in association with Lawrence Reagan Communications, serving communicators worldwide for more than 35 years. More information at www.reagan.com. Young PR Pros is a weekly podcast hosted by Christine Darbell and Julia Kent that covers all topics from job hunting skills, such as building resumes and interview tips, to discussions around the state of PR and communications, and how young PR professionals can shape the future of our industry. Young PR Pros is part of the FIR Podcast Network, a series of business podcasts founded by Neville Hobson and Shell Holtz. The anchor podcast in the network is the Hobson and Holtz Report, a weekly show presented since January 2005. For information about the FIR Podcast Network, to see show notes for the podcasts and to subscribe, visit www.forimmediaterelease.biz. You can also subscribe via iTunes and other podcast directories. 
We welcome your comments about Young PR Pros on the FIR Podcast Network. Join the conversation in the FIR community on Google+. Look for the FIR Podcast Community. Or email us at fircomments at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.